Welcome to this episode of The Wellness Triangle, your one-stop shop for all things spirit, mind, and body, brought to you by us, the Student Advocates for Wellness. I'm Lexi. And I'm Katie. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about how to talk to a friend that you might be worried about. Um, we're going to be joined a little later in the episode by Arielle from the Counseling Center, um, and she can tell you a little bit about herself when she gets here, and then we'll get into the episode. Thanks, Lexi. So for today's conversation, we're going to be talking about talking to a friend you are worried about um, at some point in our lives, whether in college, before, after, at some point in life, we're all in some sort of situation that involves talking to a friend that you're worried about. We all have loved ones and life gets messy. In addition to that, sometimes um, like your relatives or like a school friend, a roommate even could have um, be doing something that you might be worried about them doing. Um, some examples of this could be like possibly drinking too much on the weekends, which might be like um, taking away from their academics or like maybe making them depressed or act differently. Um, it could be like an eating disorder. You might notice your friend eating differently or even just acting differently in general. They could have something going on in their life that you don't know about and you might be concerned for them and not know how to approach the situation. So that's kind of what we're gonna get into today. Um, and so we'll get into some tips for that. So to start off, some things you might want to look out for on the bigger scale are major changes in routines or habits. So this could be changes in sleeping or eating um, either a lot less or a lot more. It could be on either end of the spectrum. Increased substance use, like Lexi, you mentioned drinking a lot, um, either on the weekends or even during the week, like you said, impacting your academics or social life and mental health. Um, going into that farther, if their socializing is different, that could also be another big change, a red flag to look for. Um, if they're losing interest in a lot of the things that they are generally enjoying. So those are some of the bigger scale things. Definitely. Um, and some ways that you can possibly start to talk to your friend about that um, is to make sure to not do it in um, a public area if you're going to talk to them about um, how you're feeling towards them, how you're concerned about them. Just make sure to do it in private um, and make sure that you're not um, trying to be like um, crying them in a way. Like, don't be like, oh, I've noticed you're drinking so much. Like, you really should stop because like, that's bad for you and like just like making their decisions for them you shouldn't be doing that you can educate them and help them come to the decision on their own um and don't try not to pry too much um you can and you, try not to diagnose your friend either um but you can definitely let them know that you've noticed them acting differently and you can ask them um 
what's going on in their life. Maybe um, they want to talk about it. And also sometimes maybe they don't even want to talk about it. You can let them know that you're there for them as a friend. You can start hanging out with them more maybe. And that might get them to be more comfortable around you and to open up to you about what might be going on in their life. Um, but basically, just don't try to pry and let them come to you on their own sometimes. But you can also go to them and have the conversation. Absolutely. It might sound like a lot, but instinct is probably your best option. Uh, going with your gut and just really trying to be there as a friend, like you said. Um, I think it's also really important to be present and work together with the person. We don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable, right? Imagine you're in their shoes and you had something going on and someone came to you saying, oh, this just really doesn't look good or some hurtful comment that just wouldn't feel good and probably wouldn't get either of you anywhere. So honestly, <laughs> honesty is the best policy. And um, you can comment on things you've noticed in a respectful, kind way. Maybe in the changes that you have seen, anything concerning you may notice and work together to go from there. Like you said, you don't want to pry if they aren't open to talking. That is okay. Um, sometimes we just don't want to talk about things as humans and we don't feel like it. Just like I don't feel like going to my 8 a.m.s, but you know what? <laughs> um, that's different. Those we actually have to go to. But in this case, it's, you know, working together, being cooperative, and acting like a real friend, like you care, not trying to pry. Definitely. Um, and it also is uh, without goes without saying, definitely being in that safe space can help open up the person even more and feeling more comfortable being vulnerable like that. Um, something else that I wanted to mention is um, being present in the conversation is really helpful. Um, it, because, I mean, you can... So say your friend has an eating disorder, you might be a nutrition minor or a nutrition major or something like that. Try not to be overly educating them. Try to be there for them as a friend instead of telling them you should do this, you should do that. That's great that you know all that knowledge, but that's not what the person might want to hear at this time. You can maybe help them later in life, though, but um definitely just try to be mindful and be present and take notes of the conversation. If, if somebody's not responding well, then maybe change the root of the conversation a little bit and pry a little less, maybe. I totally agree with that. Um, as valid as your emotions may be, and as concerned as you may be about this person, um, they also have things they may want to share. So like I said, it's working together as a team and you probably have a lot of comments and points that you want to make. But if you're focusing on those in the back of your brain during the whole conversation, then are you really listening to what the other person is telling you? If you're 
focusing and trying to remember all of those certain words or trying not to forget something really important you wanted to bring up to them. Yes, it may be important, but it's equally as important, arguably more so, to listen and not, I'm trying not to repeat myself, but work with the person. Um, you picture yourself on an even playing field and just because they are struggling with something does not make them less of a person. So keeping judgment out of the conversation is best. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. Um, always come from a place of love and concern when you're addressing these things. Um, one more thing to remember when you're um, talking with a friend um, or like thinking about talking to a friend is to remember not to be um, gossipy. It's definitely okay to talk to a mutual friend between you and the other person about um, your concerns, but definitely uh, make sure to be sensitive about it. Come from a place of concern. Don't be oversharing things that might not wanna be shared. Um, only the necessary information should really be talked about and definitely not gossiped about. And it's okay to also talk to an adult about these things. If um, somebody might be like doing too many drugs, too much alcohol, um, just putting themselves in unsafe environments, um, they should definitely be talking to an adult so that um, we can keep their safety in our best interest. And there are absolutely resources around us, um, not necessarily to, like, the last thing anyone would want is for anyone to get into trouble for something they're struggling with. As a friend, I, we would hope the main goal is for you to help your friend. And um, obviously, there's the counseling center. And we also have Pride Cares, and I, for one, think that is a lovely, very supportive group of people, and it's growing as we speak, so look out for those green tags on campus. Um, I also know in my personal experience, there may be some professors that you really just hope you never have another class with again, but there are also those professors that have really made an impact on my life and the way I've changed as a person going through college. And I know I could go to at least one or two of them if I was really struggling with something. So it's, it's definitely a supportive community here. And it's always beneficial to have a good support system around you. Yes, support system save lives for sure. Um, having a good support system can really help you out. If you ever have anything to talk about, you should definitely have somebody that you feel comfortable with to talk about anything because we're all human. We all have um, stuff going on in our lives and it can get rocky sometimes. So it's definitely really great to have a good support system that you can unload on a little bit and um, hear some great advice from if you need it. Yeah, <laughs> like you said, everyone has things going on and college is a time of struggle for everybody. 
in some way, shape or form, it's kind of like misery loves company in an aspect. So everyone on this campus, I'm sure is stressed or worried or, you know, whether it's academics or sports or jobs and managing your time, you know, things really can escalate without yourself or other people involved noticing. So it's always good to check in on the ones that you love. So just remember going forward to come from a place of love and respect and the main goal is to help out. Yes. So to get more into that, we are going to have Ariel join us when we come back. The Student Advocates for Wellness are now offering our contactless condom program. Springfield College students can receive free condoms in discreet, unmarked packaging delivered straight to their door. All you have to do is go to our Instagram at SC underscore student advocates, click the link in our bio, and fill out a Google form telling us your name, dorm, and room number, and the condoms will come straight to your door. Once again, that's at SC underscore student advocates. And always remember, we come faster than you do. We're getting back into the podcast, and now we've got our guest here, Ariel from the Counseling Center, and we'll just ask her a couple questions to finish out the episode. So I'll hand it over to her and let her introduce herself. Hi. So as Lexi said, my name is Ariel. I'm a counselor at the Counseling Center. I'm also a graduate of Springfield College. I completed my master's in art therapy in the master's program here. So I do individual counseling. I do some talk therapy, some art therapy in individual sessions. I also lead an art therapy group weekly at the Counseling Center, and that's who I am. Awesome. All right, so we have a couple um, situational questions for you. These are some things that they might be um, relatable to you uh, listening to this. Um, You might have seen this in Um, your college experience, your high school experience, you might see this in the future, who knows, just a couple scenarios um, so that we can get talking about uh, what you might do to help in this situation. So our first scenario here is um, two first year uh, students, they are randomly selected roommates and they've been living together for about a month now. The semester started off really well. They're going to classes together, grabbing meals together, partying on the weekends, etc. Um, for one of the roommates, they um, drink, they tend to drink on the weekend and it has turned into um, a nightly ordeal. Um, they're drinking more than a couple nights a week, and they have not been to class in a couple weeks. The roommate um, is still going to class and is becoming concerned about the other roommate who's drinking excessively. How do you suggest that they navigate having a conversation about this or anything? What should um, the roommates be doing to address the situation? Yeah, that's a great scenario. Uh, first, I would say don't talk to them when they're drunk. Mm-hmm. that's so, a good one <laughs> start the conversation when hope if there's not a moment that you can find them sober then you then um you know you might be dealing with a different beast there <laughs> um but one thing that I like to suggest when you're noticing behavior that is concerning is to say that mm-hmm. I'm noticing some things that are kind of concerning I find it always helps when you come at things 
especially on a peer to peer, right? It's different if I say that as your counselor, right? This is concerning to me, but to a friend, I think it's always nice to keep the caring in mind mm-hmm. of that, you know, I'm noticing some things that are concerning to me. I'm concerned about you. Is there something going on um, that is that you need to drink a lot? I mean, who knows? It might be that they're a freshman in college. They're like, wow, I want to, I want to get <laughs> wasted. But if it's, if you're the roommate with that person and that's starting to affect you, living with that can be challenging too, right? That it can be important to name that mm-hmm. and to also do it with empathy okay. and caring of, I'm noticing some things that are concerning. Are you okay? Just the question, are you okay, can, mm-hmm. can be a helpful one. With something like that, you might be met with like, I'm fine. Like, and then you could take it a step further of, I'm noticing some things that are concerning. I'm wondering if you're aware of the resources we have on campus, if you're going through something. There's a counseling center on campus. There mm-hmm. are groups available on campus. There are peer support people on campus. Um to name it and then offer some some resources to them and not to demand that they go do those things because that can create a hostile situation right but to approach it in a in a caring and empathetic way that's a good idea um and then also you can always change roommates if it's really that big of an issue yeah if they're coming home drunk and like peeing in a suitcase yeah that's 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 different (laughs) things that become unacceptable (laughs) become untenable in a roommate situation right definitely try the caring and empathy first (laughs) I like that idea very good um our second scenario is a little different. So this one is about two students who have been friends since freshman year. They've hung out almost every day and share everything with each other. Um, one day, one of the student notices some band-aids or just some scrapes around their arms. And mm-hmm. the student might become wondering, uh, like concerned that the other student is harming themselves what are some things that they can do if they might feel uncomfortable um, about the situation? How could they best approach it? Someone in that situation may also not want to talk about that. Definitely. And so I think approaching that, it's really important to remain non-judgmental, super open. Again, the caring and the empathy of I'm approaching you about this because I am concerned. I care about you. I actually know of some resources. One thing I would say is without saying, Hey, I noticed that you have band-aids and cuts on your arms, which might cause that person to just sort of shut down. No, I don't. Oh my God. Someone noticed. Um, Mm -hmm. but instead to say, is everything going okay? Do you want to grab a coffee? Do you want to talk about anything? Um, might allow that person to feel like, oh, maybe I could step into talking about this. Um, Self-harming and self-injurious behavior can be a really challenging subject to talk about. And I'm glad you bring it up in these scenarios, actually, because it can be indicative of some deeper underlying symptoms that someone might be experiencing that could be pretty severe. Um, in, In an instant like that, I might say, you know, are you okay? Is everything going on? Do you know there's a counseling center on campus? Mm -hmm. Um, Or 
one thing that I do with my own peers actually is I will share first. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling really stressed out. I'm feeling isolated. I'm feeling, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend broke up with me. I'm devastated. Who, who knows? Um, to engage with that person on like a deeper connection, connecting level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, are you okay? Is anything going on for you? Um, To start building that trusting relationship. Definitely. Um, Where then you could come from a place of, there's a counseling center on campus. I like that because it makes it seem like the person who's concerned about you is very interested in um, sharing your emotions and talking about it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And And making you feel comfortable about talking about it versus being like, hey, um, I'm noticing all of these things like tell me what's going right. on is there something wrong with <laughs> yeah you? is right. there something wrong it's um, giving them more of a chance to if they would like to share they can if they don't want to share they don't have to but letting them know that you're concerned about them for sure yeah and it feels less isolating I think sometimes it can feel really isolating I like that word yeah um, and so to share and also just have somebody notice you don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to name. I've noticed cuts on your arm, but I've noticed you don't seem yourself. You seem a little down. I'm really concerned about what's going on with you. Are you willing to share? Or mm-hmm. just, I'm really concerned. I'm here for you. Okay. I'm here if you ever want to talk. All right. You can always text me. You can knock on my door. You know, just providing that they might not ever take you up on it, but providing that support so that they know someone's there. Um, I have a follow-up question with this uh, particular issue. Um, Since it is a safety issue, um, at what point would you possibly tell somebody else um, instead of just keeping it to yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there are, there's something on campus called pride cares. Do mm-hmm. you know about that yes, program? Yeah. Do, okay. But you can explain it for the podcast. <laughs> so be great. pride cares is a, a, a peer student to student, um, organization. What do you call it? Club? Yeah. I don't know what club organization. Yeah, I guess um, yeah. it's just pride cares in my world. Um, but again, provides it's with Lauren Gray sort of runs it. Who's a counselor at the counseling center as well. And it's a peer to peer, sort of psychoeducation, you go through a program and students who go through Pride Cares are talk a lot about this. Mm-hmm. How do I talk to students about suicide ideation? How do I talk to my friends about something I've noticed that looks like they might actually be experiencing suicide ideation? When should I go to talk to someone? Um, so for anybody listening, if you're interested in getting more information on that, going through training on that, Pride Cares is a great way to do that um, and to sort of give back to the student body in that way. It's an awesome, it's amazing actually what they've done um, it is. For, for their training. Um, and so I would say, you know, if it looks like something that is medically concerning, mm-hmm. um, that it's, that it would be important to share that with someone or say, Hey, I'm noticed, I have noticed this specific thing. Um, I'm wondering if you would come to the counseling center with me. Okay. That's a good idea. You know, I'd be happy to walk you over there. I know Ariel who's there. I know Lauren's there. I know Tiffany. I mean, we have lots of counselors who work there. Um, I think they could talk to you about this. I don't feel comfortable living here knowing you're engaging in this. I'm really concerned for your safety. Yeah. Um, And I would say that would be if you notice an increase in frequency, Mm -hmm. if you notice your roommate or the student talking 
in addition to engaging in a self-interest behavior, saying things like, I just want to give up. I don't want to be here anymore. If you notice they've completely withdrawn mm -hmm. from any kind of social engagement, from hanging out with friends anymore, if they're no longer really engaging with you, those are signs that I would be really concerned about. Okay. As a student. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the responses there. So we just have one more scenario here to talk about. And this one says, a group of students always goes out to Cheney after their wellness class on Mondays. Two of the students are very close and go out to eat other times as well. One of the students notices that the other doesn't typically eat too much when they go out to Cheney and typically only puts like fruits or vegetables on their plate, sometimes um, just gets a drink maybe. And after a few weeks of this repetitive pattern, the first student begins to wonder if the student is eating enough. How should the student bring this up to their friend if they are concerned about it? This could be like any sort of eating disorder um, or mm -hmm. um, just like any, um, if they're just not getting their proper nutrition, it's still a concern. Absolutely. And I think it's important to notice that kind of behavior, right? Maybe mm -hmm. they have IBS, maybe their stomach hurts, maybe they, yeah. you know, you never know what someone's <laughs> going through. Um, but maybe it is something more concerning, right? Mm -hmm. One thing that seems obvious, but that I always like to point out is that um, always have these conversations in private. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're in Cheney with a group of people, why are you eating? Why isn't there anything on your plate? Like, are you okay? Do you have an eating disorder? That kind of, <laughs> those kind it's of statements very public <laughs> um, tend to be sort of counterproductive, right? Uh -huh. They tend to sort of have a shaming quality or maybe make the person retreat even more. And so I would encourage, if you notice something like that with a friend to approach them in private. Mm -hmm. um, and again, come from that place of concern and empathy. And I noticed you haven't been eating. Um, is everything okay? Is that a physical thing? Um, or some people with eating disorders, like some people don't even have the consciousness that it might be disordered eating. Right. It might be messaging that they get from sports, from home, from family. Um, and so I think like some exploratory questions can be really helpful if you're really concerned about a roommate or a friend in that. Um, tell me a little bit about your relationship with food. What was it like um, growing up in your family? How did people eat? Mm -hmm. And again, you're not their therapist, right? So like, <laughs> this isn't like, let's sit down and, and have a session. Yeah. Um, but let's get some information. And I would also, you know, if you notice that someone has lost a considerable amount of weight, mm -hmm. um, that is when you could also say, I'm concerned about you. Um, have you been to the health center? We have a registered dietitian at the health center. Um, you could go talk to that person. Also, there's a counseling center on campus. Um, mm -hmm. Would you be interested in talking about this with a professional? I've noticed some things that I'm concerned for your health, mm -hmm. right? Um, because health and mental health are so connected they right? very much are <laughs> yeah and so I think eating disorders are are or disordered eating or what have you are really challenging um it's not only cis females that experience disordered eating right mm -hmm. I think it's important to like broaden our language around that too mm -hmm. um especially at a school with a lot of athletics there's a lot of pressure um for body image um and things like that and so I think it's really important to be mindful of the language that we use and how we talk about that and 
our culture gets mixed in there too. Um, and so to just be really honest with friends, again, from that point of, I'm concerned or I'm worried about you or is everything Definitely. okay? Are you feeling pressure from this? You know, um, and again, to come at it from a non-judgmental place. Definitely. Definitely. I think being concerned and non-judgmental is probably the best approach because you're really just concerned about your friend and you want them to be, continue to be the best person that they can be and as Hopefully. healthy as they can be and as safe as they can be. Yeah. And, all and of I that. think normalizing talking about these kinds of topics is really important too. Definitely. Right? Of not just like, oh, I have to suffer in silence and in private and I just have to, but just, oh, someone is maybe noticing me and someone isn't noticing me in a negative way. They're noticing me in a, I'm concerned about you way. And so normalizing conversations about this, even just saying, I'm here if you want to talk, mm -hmm. not asking probing questions, not, you know, but just I'm, I'm here if you want to talk, I think can, can be huge. That's a great suggestion. Yeah. Um, just one more mini question is just how approximately how often do you see these conversations happening? And like you said, we should be seeing them more. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, um, I'm not sure that I see them happening. I see a lot of people with pride cares tags. Mm -hmm. And so I know that they are happening because That's I know great. that those people are, are available and have gone through the training. I will say that I hear in the counseling center, oh, so-and-so said I should come here. Okay. Or, oh, I heard from a friend that this could be somewhere where I could, you know. And so it's not that I see them happening, but that I'm aware that they're happening um, because I'm seeing the result of that. That's and awesome. so I think that that is awesome. I think that can create a really... Um, carrying an empathetic vibe on a campus, right? If we're normalizing these conversations around being concerned for each other and offering kindness and offering an ear to someone, and then also sort of knowing what some resources are. Um, because offering an ear can sometimes turn into someone unloading on you, oh, right? Yeah. And so it's important <laughs> to also know- I've like, definitely had that experience. <laughs> right. What, I'm actually not a counselor, I'm just your roommate. And so what are my resources right, right. Um, for me to be able to provide support to this person that isn't me then Great. doing that, right? I Thank you for bringing too. that up because it's very important to not only take care of yourself, your other people, it's very important to take care of yourself when you're having these conversations because it could take a very big load on you Absolutely. and um, you don't want to be taking on too much. So definitely watch out for your own mental health as well. Um, do you have any like closing statements or anything? Closing statements? <laughs> I, I don't think great questions. I think it's great that you're doing this and these are, these are things that come up. Right. And I mm -hmm. think sometimes we get nervous about naming them or bringing them to someone's attention or even saying I'm here because then we're like, oh, I'm here, but I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you don't have to say anything really, you know? And so just letting someone know that I'm here if you want to talk and I have some resources so that I could provide for you, I think is a great way to just open the door awesome. um, to helping someone feel less alone. Yes. So. We're yeah. trying to make a comfortable space here. Yes, yes it's awesome. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Triangle on 
how to talk to a friend that you might be worried about. Tune in for our next episode in the next two weeks. And bye.